Frequency Cast. Startup in progress. Hi, and welcome to Frequency Cast number 38, the UK's online digital TV and technology show. The show that's based on feedback from you. My name's Carl, and with me as ever is our tech guru, Pete. Hi there. Later in the show, we'll be taking a look at ways that you can access the internet while you're on the move. Here's a look at what else we're covering in today's tantalising take on technology. Predictions for the future of ITV and commercial radio. Getting online with your mobile phone or laptop. Devon and Dorset get set for digital. We get hands-on with the first Google Android handset. Plus questions on Pure Avanti, mobile hi-fi and HDMI brightness. First off, here's Pete with the latest TV and tech news. Frequency cast. Now loading. News. News time on FrequencyCast, starting off with some Freeview news. Thousands have been left without Freeview after some changes were made to the Rowridge transmitter on the 25th of March. The transmitter serves Hampshire, the Isle of Wight, East Dorset and West Sussex, and around 8,000 people have had their TV reception affected by these changes that are in preparation for the digital switch. Viewers in the area need to rescan for channels. If that fails, try again or call the Digital UK helpline on 0845... 8450231 Next, bad news for ITV. In early March, we saw ITV's pre-tax profits drop by 41%. They're planning to axe 600 jobs, scale down regional operations, and sell off Friends Reunited. Reportedly, ITV's only salvation may be to move to a subscription model. This would see them vanish from a free-to-view channel, shifting to Sky and Virgin as a pay-to-view channel. The report claims that viewers would be prepared to pay £2.50 a month for ITV on subscription. Nothing's decided yet, though. Next, digital switch news. Devon, Dorset and Somerset are the next areas to switch. The Beacon Hill transmitter and its 23 relay transmitters serve Torbay and South Devon. That's set to go from the 8th of April. Stockland Hill, serving Exeter, parts of Devon, Somerset and Dorset, is due to follow in May 2009. If you need any advice on the switchover, go to switchhelp.co.uk. Next, some radio news. A dire claim has been made. Commercial radio could die out within the next 15 years. Commercial radio's advertising revenue has been slowly diminishing. Help may be at hand, though, in the form of the new BBC Radio Plus service, which is due in the next 12 months. Similar to iPlayer, but for radio, this will be open to both BBC and commercial stations. Initially, this will be a catch-up radio service, but later we can expect live pause and series link for radio. A quick piece of other radio news. Another bunch of radio stations have recently lost their local identity, being replaced by Global Radio's Heart brand. Stations rebranded include GWR, Orchard, 210FM and Fox. Fox listeners in Oxford may have seen a rival station parading a coffin through Oxford Town Centre to mark the death of the radio station. Next, in case you missed the news, Google Street Maps is now available for the UK. From a web browser, and now from the iPhone, you can take a virtual tour of streets, see the sights, and also see blurred faces from around 25 towns and cities. These towns include London, Edinburgh, Glasgow, Oxford and Sheffield. Coverage is set to increase in the coming months. Some iPhone news now. Version 3.0 of the phone software has been announced. We can expect cut and paste, MMS, search and improvements to podcast playback in summer 2009. 
And finally, something to make you smile. Keith. Hello, Noel, it's me. Chegwin was in Portsmouth in March for a digital TV switchover stunt. Cheggers put on a coat of cash with a thousand pounds worth of fivers attached. The plan was for him to dash down Portsmouth High Street with passers-by grabbing a fiver. Before he could start, around 200 shoppers mugged him and stripped him of the cash in just three seconds, leaving a panic-stricken Cheggers and a failed stunt. Can I stop smirking now? Well, you can stop smirking now if you like, but I do blame Keith Chegwin for a lot of things, and that's one of them. Anyway, for more on these stories, take a look at the show notes for show 38 at frequencycast.co.uk, where you can sign up for TV and tech news updates. Frequencycast. Now loading. Focus. So I get my telescope out and focus with Pete, and this time I already know what we're focusing in on. Well, a little bit anyway. We're talking about getting the internet whilst on the move, aren't we? And we're not just referring to laptops, we're also talking about mobile phones, which is all very stimulating for me, I've got to admit. Do you want to say anything, or shall I carry on talking? If you could just let me know when you're finished, that'd be great. Hello? Go on then. Okay. Yes, we are talking about mobile internet. This is what the listeners have asked us to chat about. Now, we're always banging on about streaming video and getting your stuff on your PC and everything else. But what about if you want the internet when you're on the move? There are a number of options. Carl, tell me some of those options. Uh, You can get a modem and plug it into your laptop. What's that like then? Tell me about that. Well, it's kind of like the size of a mobile phone and it plugs into your uh, laptop using the USB connector and it uses 3G and it's green and it glows. It's all very attractive. So what you're looking at there is my old 3ZTE modem. So this is about the size of what? Sort of a slim uh, box of matches. I think it's more like the battery size for a mobile phone, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, so where you're going with that. Yeah, yeah, it's about right. So this was what was cutting edge about a year or so ago. Now we're into this realm. This here is one from O2. I pop the top off there. So this is a lot smaller than the original thing. It's not on a wiggly lead. It's not a dongle. It's a proper USB stick. Feel the weight of that? Say war. Well, it's quite heavy, actually. Not not weighty, it's just heavier than I anticipated. So this plugs into a USB slot on your laptop. Here it's got... Uh, Looks like it should be made by Mac, because it's all in white. Yeah, this particular one is. There's a little slot there, that's for your SIM card. So these all have a mobile phone SIM card. This one, I love this one, because this has that little slot there, which says... Micro SD. So you can actually plug in a micro SD card into here, use it as a memory stick, as well as, as a modem. Wow, it's like the Swiss Army knife of USB sticks. So not too bad. Uh, I've got my little Asus EPC901 here. I'm going to plug one of these into the USB slot here. So there you go, that's plugged in. This happens to be uh, one of my three sticks. Uh, Click on that little icon there of the three. Something pops up and says connect to three. So if I hit the connect button, there we go. So amount of data received, 1.32 kilobytes connected for five seconds. So I've now got an internet connection on this laptop just using this little dongle. Not bad, eh? Very helpful. There you go. The first thing that happens is it immediately starts screaming out to update my virus checker and download about 100 Windows patches. So I'm going to turn that off now. There we go. Cool. So there you go. Internet on a laptop through one of these dongles. So the 3G option is about £30, is that right? No. The cheapest you can get is £10 a month. That's not too bad. And the USB option is... £20? No, 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 no. So this is a USB stick. This is from 3. This will cost you £10 a month on contract. And for that, you can get up to one gig a month data. Okay. Or you can go pay as you go if you don't want to take out a contract, which is obviously a better option for many, many people. This is why I love O2, because O2, rather than buying on a top-up, 
So the traditional model of going out and getting 10 quid's worth of top-up and topping up a pay-as-you-go modem. This, for two quid, you buy a one-off purchase, two quid, which gives you a day's worth of surfing. And all you do is put in a credit card. You don't need an account. Just go on, plug this in, and it says, right, two quid gives you full day's work. Put in your credit card number. Then you've got a day's worth of internet, mm. which isn't bad, is it? Okay, there is a bit of a limit. So for me, that's a much better option rather than having to remember to keep topping up and then losing my credit. If I happen to want to be out and about and do a day's worth of surfing, two quid, one-off payment, that little dongle there does the job for me. These dongles as well, the O2 one happens to be 30 quid. Whereas 3G on their pay-as-you-go, they're charging about 50 quid. So if you do want one of these, I'd consider the O2 as quite a viable option. How fast are they? Well, they vary. So they're reliant on the 3G or the 3.5G network. Um, If you really want the fastest you can get, then uh, at the moment Vodafone are offering the fastest. They've got speeds of up to 7 meg, which is pretty much home broadband speed. But of course, it does depend on whether you're in a good signal area, that kind of thing. Fair enough. What else have we got for options? That's two of them. You've obviously got these things as your other options. So I'm showing Carl, yeah, a couple of mobile phones. So I'm showing Carl a uh, a Nokia N96 and also the Apple iPhone. iPhone. These are both internet-enabled phones. If I want to surf the net, I can do it on this Nokia device, which doesn't have a touchscreen, but it's a very nice device. Or, of course, lovely, lovely, shiny iPhone, where surfing with a Safari browser is absolutely superb. So if you want internet on the move, you can use both of these. Nokia devices, um, the Apple devices, of course, the uh, Google G1. They've all got internet browsers built in. They've all got email built in. Um, It's a case of trying to pick a decent tariff. So the reason I like the iPhone apart from having a brilliant surfing browser, um, is you get free internet on it. So I can surf as much as I want without having to worry about how much my bill's going into. Fair enough. So internet on the mobile. I'll bring out another mobile here. This happens to be the INQ1, which is the phone that we're currently using for our text line. Yes. I'm not getting many texts. Yeah, we're not getting many texts, are we? Do you think we need to repeat the number? 07882043521. No, I think if we repeated the uh, number 07882043521, that would actually just inspire them to use it. Uh, and that's the last thing we want. I mean, that's a big number, isn't it? How many numbers are in that number? There's quite a few of them. So, yeah, send us a text. Let, let us count, shall we? <laughs> oh. So, yes, three mobiles. The beauty of these is two out of the three of these can actually be used as a modem. So I can plug into that little socket there, into the USB out of the phone, into a laptop, and actually use the phone itself as a modem, which is quite nice. That's a handy function, actually, isn't it? It's the kind of thing you might want to do. And, of course, it's a lot easier than having to remember to carry one of these dongles around with you. So if you've got a mobile phone that's, say, got some smartphone functionality, chances are, with a driver and with the appropriate lead, you can actually use your mobile phone... And as a, as a modem for your laptop. So, tell me, uh, if you're abroad and you're doing this sort of stuff, uh, doesn't this get rather pricey? Because, I mean, most people would want to do this on holiday, or maybe not want to, but would probably find themselves doing this on holiday, or maybe even business trips. Yeah, that's the thing. If you're using one of these abroad, yeah, there was that horror story of somebody that went away and watched an episode of Friends while they were in Italy or something like that, and ran up some hideous bill of about £5,000 for watching streaming TV. So, yeah, if you're actually using um, mobile internet, on a laptop or on a mobile phone, it can get a bit pricey. So we've actually got some tips here on how to keep your costs down. Obviously, this applies equally to whether you're overseas or in the UK. If you want to keep your costs down, here are some suggestions. So first of all, let's assume you're using a laptop and you want to keep your costs down. Okay. First of all, one of the things it's worth doing is turning off Windows Update. So if you do roam on your laptop, Windows Update, typically if you get a service pack downloaded, you've got 50 meg, 100 meg of Windows updates. You don't want to be doing that at sort of £5 a meg. So make sure your Windows update doesn't automatically start downloading in the background, running up costs for you. 
Okay, good one. Also, your virus checker as well. That's typically going to want to connect and download all the latest virus checker and uh, firewall definitions. So you may want to either disable that or make sure your virus checker is fully up to date before you leave and start travelling on an expensive connection. That's another fair point. Of course, you can do the Windows updates and virus checkers when you're in range of a Wi-Fi service, where it's probably a lot cheaper than doing it over a mobile phone network. But that's one good tip. If you're travelling overseas, you might want to think about picking up a local mobile phone SIM card or a local uh, modem solution. It's obviously going to be a lot cheaper if you buy something local. Let's say you're going to Spain. Buy yourself a Spanish modem or a Spanish SIM card just for using your data. It's going to be a lot cheaper than roaming back to the UK uh, while you're overseas. That's all right then. That would uh, certainly save a lot. You also might want to consider turning off things like images and flash. So if you're doing a lot of surfing, either on a mobile or on a on a laptop, if you turn off the images, then you'll find um, pages download a lot quicker. So you can go into the settings option, turn off images, turn off flash, turn off any of the rubbish that clutters up certain websites. Um, if on a laptop, you might want to consider using the Google Chrome browser, which is a lot slimmer and thinner than things like Firefox and Internet Explorer. There's also one site we would highly recommend something called Mobile Leap, which you can get to from mlvb.net. If you're on a mobile phone, or indeed on a laptop, this will be what's called a proxy browser. So it surfs the basics for you on the phone or on your laptop, and the back end does all the conversion for you. So if you go to a very hungry website that's got lots of graphics, go there from this web address, and all it will return to you is a cut-down, small version without all the bloated images and heavy files, which is always good. That's quite a clever little function, isn't it? Well, clever system or service. Yep, so that's Mobile Leap. If you want the link, we'll add that to our show notes. It's obviously worth checking what your roaming costs are going to be. If you are abroad, how much do you reckon it will cost you? £15 a minute. We actually measure it by the meg. So first of all, do you know what a meg is? No, didn't think you did. So you're surfing or you're checking emails and you're being charged by the meg. Obviously, it's quite important to know what a meg is. So if you wanted a rough number, one meg would be how many web pages? One. About 20. Somewhere between 10 and 20 web pages would be a meg. How many emails, roughly? 15. Let's say about 120, 150 emails. I was a long way off, really, wasn't I? So that's your meg. How much do you reckon it's going to cost you per meg? So for 20 web pages. A pound. Between three and six pounds a meg. It's quite pricey, but not as bad as my 15. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, if you're on O2, you're going to be paying something between three and six pounds a meg while you're roaming abroad. Um, Vodafone, about five pounds a day for up to 15 meg. Three is only going to be about three pounds a meg. And it's actually going to be a bit cheaper if you're with three and you're surfing in Austria, Australia, Denmark, Hong Kong, Italy, Ireland or Sweden, where there's partners with three. So if you are going to any of those countries consider three for roaming would be a bit cheaper we better put all this information up on the website haven't we because this is going to get quite confusing and of course there are hidden benefits in other things you're actually mentioning here absolutely so we'll stick something up on the show notes that covers all of this so that in a nutshell is your mobile internet sound good sounds very good of course the other thing to remember wi-fi is typically going to be an awful lot cheaper than doing this over the mobile phone network and if you're with bt do look at the bt phone option if you turn on bt phone on your hub it means other people can access your broadband connection and you can use other people's broadband connections for free. So if you are out and about, say, in somebody else's house, chances are you might be able to pick up a free wireless connection to do your mobile surfing from your phone or from your laptop for quite cheap. Very good. There you go. Mobile internet in a nutshell. Now let's move on to something that's sleek, it's white, and it's very, very sexy. What is it? Okay, now this admittedly has been out 
for at least six months. So we're cutting it. Oh, it's old news. Quick throwaway. <laughs> yeah, so we're cutting edge. Hold that. Well, it's kind of... What? He's bent the bottom. Get a new one. Yes. Any idea what this is? Uh, looks like a mobile phone to me. Oh, hold on a minute. It's got Google written on the back. Yeah, so funnily enough, this is a Google Android phone. It's the G1. It's been out for a little while now. G2 on its way. But let's just fire this thing up, shall we? What does that sound screen? G1, T-Mobile. It'll take a few seconds to boot in, and you'll see a nice little graphic in a minute of a little green thing. Oh, look, there's a nice little green thing. It's a little Android. <laughs> so do you know what Android is? Just remind us. It's Android. So Android is Google's operating system for mobile phones. Excellent. So this says Google on your phone, I'm assuming. Absolutely. Wow. Can you give us a description? Well, yes, it's white. <clears throat> it has a large screen. It has some function buttons down the bottom, which are at a slight angle to the rest of the device. And actually, if you do this, let me show you. They all like this. Look at that. Wasn't that sleek? Slid up, see? I knew that was going to happen because I saw you doing it earlier. So, yes, it has a nice little slide-out keyboard, which is off to the left. So we're not sliding a thing down. We're sliding the screen off to the left, sliding out keyboard. When you tilt to uh, get the screen into landscape mode, the user interface changes. A bit like the iPhone. A little bit like the iPhone, yeah. So if we just press this here. Let's have a quick run-through of the menu items here. We've got alarm clock, browser, calculator, calendar. Camera, contacts, dialer, email. Google Mail, IM, maps, market. Messaging, music, pictures, and settings, of course. Which would you like us to explore first? Let's have a look at browser, just for a change. Okay, so let's click on the browser icon. I'm going to slide the uh, slide the keyboard out here. You see it's already started up in Google mode. Let's just be clever here, shall we? Should we type in F-R-E-Q-U... E-N-C-Y-C-A-S-T. What does that spell, Caterpillar? Frequency Caterpillar. Search Google. So it's doing a searchy-searchy at the moment. Nice. Let me just point out that this is actually touchscreen as well as a QWERTY keyboard below it. And I do actually like the look of it. Um, It's a real show-off device, isn't it? I'm rather impressed with it, actually. Obviously, I'm an iPhone person myself, so I was a little bit... uh, I wasn't expecting too much from this phone, but I am actually rather impressed with it. Fantastic. Okay, here we go. So uh, we've got to the Google. Top entry, of course, is Frequency Cast. So here is our website. Look at that. Not bad. That's very nice. Sort of rolls around the screen very nicely, actually. And you've got a little zoom in and a zoom out icon down the bottom of the screen for speed. Yep, you can drag around. It's not quite as sensitive a touchscreen as the iPhone screen, but uh, nonetheless, fairly smooth. It's certainly an alternative option, isn't it? Have a quick look at some of the other features here, shall we? Let's have a look at... I do like this nice clear desktop with a big clock in the middle. Yeah, that's nice. Good layout. I'm, I'm assuming you can change your screen like that, though. Oh, you can change the wallpaper. You see the nice clock there in the screen? That's showing that you were 25 minutes late tonight. <clears throat> it depends how you look at that, really. Uh, for next month's show, I'm almost three weeks early. <laughs> Good point. Well, well made. Uh, I did notice when I put a SIM in this for the first time, it actually asked me for my Google account, which is a bit odd. So this is really fairly tightly tied into my Google account. don't quite know why. Um, while I've been talking, we've just got... Look, 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 there's a map. Oh, that's a nice map. I can see places and things that I'd like to go and see. So, yep, Google Maps built in. You can do My Location, so this has got a GPS receiver built in. You can do Satellite Traffic Street View. What does Street View do? Okay, okay. Street View. It's a view of a street, you see. Shocking. And who'd have thought they'd come up with such a creative name for it? Uh, what else we got? Email. Look, 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 look. Frequency cast email. Inbox. 
There you go. Mostly spam. Thank you, everyone, for spamming us. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Who's this Livingston bloke? I don't know. No idea. Uh, what else have we got here? Uh, da, 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 da. Pictures. Pictures are lovely, actually. Pictures are really crisp. Look. They're nice. They're lovely. Look at that. The images are really sharp. I'm not so sure about the nipple, though. Oh, I like a nipple on my phone. Whatever feel of that. Let me get you to... Let me just play with your nipple, anyway. Oh, it's a bit grainy, isn't it? Yes, it's a textured nipple, isn't it? Which isn't the done thing. It's a little odd. It is a little odd. There we go. But it does, if you've got a web page, it's actually quite good at uh, scrolling up and down a web page. Oh, yes, it is. It's quite effective, isn't it? Maybe it's better. It just doesn't seem so fluid as some others. Yes, it's got its pros and cons. Going down this email list is quite good. Flicking through a web page is quite good. Uh, you're still very tempted to use the old iPhone interaction and flick. Oh, two new emails. Mm. None of them are your friends, are they? No, welcome to T-Mobile. Oh, that's as close as you get to a friend. <laughs> or oh, T-Mobile, love me. Look, open the... There you go. It's, you can type your little messages in there. That's quite nice. This keyboard's actually not too bad, is it? This is... This is our test of... Okay. Yeah, mm, yeah, not too bad. I think it's fantastic, and it's white. So this compared with... Let me get my... My good old faithful iPhone out over here in my jacket. That's a long way away, you know. Oh, no, it's on the hat stand. Okay, so go on then. Hold the two of them. I think your iPhone's a little lighter. Not much in it, though. Um, I don't know. You see, the iPhone's so easy to operate and uh, smooth. But then I like the look of the G1. It's, uh, I don't know. It almost feels like it's a different device altogether. Yeah, one final thing I just want to have a quick look. I haven't even got as far as looking at this yet. So this is what all the fuss is about with applications. So this market here lets you get access to a whole bunch of applications. So on, on my iPhone here, you've got App Store. Here you've got Android Market, which gives you access to all of these applications. So this is where you can download all the third-party applications. So, okay, that's quite easy to use. So search my downloads, games, oh, I see. There you go. Apparently I'm under 18, so I can't do that. Do <laughs> you reckon? <laughs> what? Under 18 inches? Uh, uh, under 18 foot? Uh, under 18 what? Under an IQ of 18. Oh, I see, under 18 QI. So anyway, if you were saying that correctly. So anyway, there you go. That is the Google G1 Android phone, QWERTY keyboard, 3G, GPRS, built-in camera, no flash, and it's only um, three megapixels. Good images. Good images, as you say. Um, how much? Um, 197. Okay, let's assume we're buying this on a contract. So you can get this free on a contract. And, of course, you can get the iPhone free on a contract. How much would your monthly contract be, would you reckon? £30. Oh, sorry, Activity Home in process, android.process.acor is not responding, force close. Nice error. Interesting. I thought you'd like that. How much is it per month, though? Let me know! £36.50 a month. I wasn't far off, was I? £6.50 out. Okay, and what's the iPhone at the moment? Ah, you'll be getting the iPhone for free if you're prepared to pay £44 a month. So there's a, what's that, £7.50, this is £7.50 a month cheaper to get the Android over the iPhone. I do like its name, though. Android. Destroy all humans. Frequency cast. Now loading. Interaction. Time now for your emails, texts and calls in our interaction section. Let's dive in with a podline call. Michael Williams. I'm from Dartford. And uh, I have something regarding Wi-Fi mobile phone. Can you access the internet from your home wireless network to have free internet access? Please, could you let me know? Hi, Michael. 
If I understand your question correctly, you're asking whether a Wi-Fi-enabled mobile phone can use a home network's Wi-Fi to allow surfing within the home for free. Well, the good news is yes. If you have a mobile phone such as a Windows mobile device, a Nokia smartphone, a Google G1, or of course the iPhone, these all have built-in Wi-Fi, as indeed do many other phones. And yes, you can configure these phones to use your home's Wi-Fi. Typically, you'll need to enter your router's wireless identifier or SSID, as well as the security key. If you're struggling, ask for help in the tech section of our forum. You can find this by going to frequencycast.co.uk and following the forum link. Now, Pete, we had a question from Chris Cockrum in our update a couple of weeks ago, asking how to get iTunes to work with a NAS drive. And now we have the answer, right? Yes, we heard from Fraser Miller with the following answer. You can change the location iTunes uses to store its music library in Preferences Advanced. Simply point iTunes at a directory on the NAS, copy the whole shebang from slash library slash music into the NAS folder, and Bob's your uncle. There you go. Cheers, Fraser. Next, we heard from Del Ward. He's recently got a Pure Avanti flow, and he's generally impressed. Just one problem. He can't stream music via Wi-Fi to it. He says, As the Avanti can play music from an iPod, I assumed that it was Mac compatible. Annoyingly, this is not the case. A streaming program is available for PC, but Mac users must download a third-party streaming program. The one recommended is Twonky Media Server. To be fair to Pure, they provide a key for this at no cost. And they also say they are working on a Mac version of their own Flow Media Streamer. At present, I connect my laptop to the Avanti's auxiliary input socket and play music from my iTunes library. But it would be more convenient to stream music wirelessly. I wondered whether any of your listeners have had experience of using a pure Avanti flow and had encountered similar problems. Yes, I think that's another one we're going to have to ask our listeners for some help on. If anybody out there can help out on this particular one, Dell would love to hear from you. Get in touch via our forum or drop us an email to podcast at frequencycast.co.uk. We've also had an email in from one of our regulars, Nicholas Skippins. He says, Hi Carl, hi Pete, please can you review the new Nintendo DSi when it launches in the UK on the 3rd of April 2009? Yes, Nicholas, this is looking like a really interesting piece of kit. Not just games, but Wi-Fi, cameras and all sorts of other gadgets. If anyone else out there is interested in us giving this a go, please get in touch and we'll see if we can review the new DSi. Next, a sad message from Sung Min Kim. I hope I've pronounced that correctly. Hi, I'm a very regular listener and I'd just like to say I absolutely love the show. Keep up the good work. I'm moving back to my original country, Korea so I'm never going to be able to listen to you again. Well, apart from the old ones. So, can I have something to remember Frequency Cast by? Yes, of course you can. You can have our respect and our admiration. And, of course, a big wave from me and Carl. However, all is not lost, as Korea does in fact have the internet. You can still get us wherever you are in the world, either by downloading us through iTunes, or you can listen to a streaming service of us through live365.com. All the best. Now, a quick message from Matthew Cooper. He sent us in an update about the Sky Player. For those that don't know, the Sky Player is Sky's TV on a PC service. The service uses broadband and offers 18 channels of live TV without a dish, including Sky One and Sky Sports. Matthew tells us that Sky has now added another six channels to the lineup. You can get two movie channels, Sky Screens 1 and 2, as well as Sky Real Lives, 
National Geographic Wild, Eden and GOLD. Matthew tells us that the only downside is that you can't watch the movie channels through the website. You have to use Sky Software, although you can watch other channels such as GOLD from the website. Matthew, we think the reason behind this is it's all to do with anti-piracy measures that Sky are using. Matthew also says that new channels are expected in the next few weeks. Andy has a question for our listeners. He wants to know if there are any online services offering NHL and NBA games here in the UK. If you can help, please get in touch. And now, Carl, we've got something from Les Cornwall. I have a Toshiba 32WLT 66HD Ready TV and a Sony RDR HXD 870 DVD hard disk recorder connected via an HDMI lead. I find that the picture from the Sony's Freeview tuner, or indeed if I play a recording from either the hard disk or DVD, is somewhat darker than the picture from the TV's own Freeview tuner. I'd like to be able to adjust the brightness of the picture from the Sony, but other than adjusting the brightness on the TV manually each time I use the recorder, it's got me stumped. I've looked in both the TV and the recorder's menus, but without success. Am I missing something obvious? Hi Les, no I don't think you're missing anything obvious. If you have another piece of kit with an HDMI socket, try using that to help you identify whether the Sony or the Toshiba is the culprit. I doubt you can actually affect the brightness of the Sony recorder's output, and as HDMI connectors are digital, it's unlikely to be the lead. You could try connecting using a SCART lead instead of HDMI to see if that's any better. Or alternatively, you could watch Freeview via the Sony recorder and adjust the TV brightness permanently. If any of our other listeners out there have any bright ideas, please get in touch. Thanks, Pete. If you can help, or you have a tech question you'd like us to answer, mail us at podcast at frequencycast.co.uk or visit our forum. If you've enjoyed the show, please let us know you care. When you're next using iTunes, search for FrequencyCast and give us a quick review. Go on, share the love. FrequencyCast, shut down in progress. Well, that's it for this Frequency Cast. If you want to get in touch, you can leave us a voicemail message on 0208 133 4567. Or you can contact us from our site. If you're on the move, text us on 07882 043 521. You can also find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And remember to check out the show notes for this show, show 38 for links to everything we've discussed today. While you're there, click the Add Us to iTunes button and also comment on today's show in our listeners' forum. Our web address is www.frequencycast.co.uk You've been listening to the official FrequencyCast where predictions for the future and getting online. For Devon and Dorset, it's digital time. And where an Android does Google, it's all been quite fine. Catch you on the next show. And please spread the word. Frequency Cast.